everyone welcome back to another episode of the core um and today we have a special guest uh, we have my friend christina glancy um and yeah so you all know that our core is this space for us to work at improving our lives uh for young 20 year olds especially if you just got out of college um and really navigating this tricky space everyone likes to call adulthood um, and we've had our episodes where we talk about different things in life, but we also have our interviews where we talk with people who are out there doing it and making it happen. And so today we have my friend, Christina, we met last summer and she's become my friend and my mentor. And I'm so glad we get to hear from her and her experiences. And so, yeah, Christina, if you want to introduce yourself, we, we can get started then. Awesome. First of all, thank you for having me, and I'm completely honored to be a part of this project because I think it's so useful for everybody to know, even people that are like active in my stage of the 20s. Um, but my name is Christina Glancy. I'm a marketing mind, and I specialize in, in providing like uh, business development and marketing strategies for people and corporations. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. I currently live in D.C. I will always be a Steelers fan. Go Steelers Nation. We just won this week. I don't know if y'all saw, but y'all need to go check it um, <laughs> And um, I'm just excited to be here and, and ready for the questions. And I hope that they lead to somebody's growth because it led to mine, you know? Yeah, of course. Uh, before I get started, I'm going to say as a Ravens fan, I am strongly against uh, the Steelers and <laughs> everything they stand for. And this year is Lamar Jackson's year. So we'll just, we'll go from there. <laughs> he broke, right? We could coexist in a space. Yes. Still right. right, but be yes. on different sides of uh, dimensions in football. Yes. This is this is lesson one from adulthood. <laughs> like you could disagree and still coexist in the same space. And so, I guess our first question is: What was it like graduating uh, and from undergrad into this real world that everyone calls the real world? So I would say like. I went to a small university and I was already working since I was 14. So I've, I've balanced education and real world, what I thought was real world things from high school to college. I always had like two jobs or something and always had to do something extreme. So when I was in college, I took six classes and worked two jobs. So I think I already had, like, I thought that I had the real experience then. Um, I think my biggest real world adjustment was moving to DC and not having the safety parameters of my family. That was my big real world thing because um, family was constant and I had a support system that was constant when I was doing all of these wild risky things, doing the two jobs, six classes. Um, so without that being in a different like state and not having them closer, I can't pull up on them or get food from them or support from them, use their measuring cups. It, it, was, it really hit me. So the transition was kind of hard because I was in a new place, in a new, in a new like area, in a new house, um, in a new environment. So I had to really like find my grounds and I had to use like my core strengths, my communication skills to build a community. So that was like hard. It took me like two years and I failed a lot, but yeah. I'm, and I'm still failing. That, that didn't stop, but I'm learning as I go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I think like moving away from your family, that's definitely like a really big thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, didn't know. Right. <laughs> I never did it before. I was born, raised, and educated in Pittsburgh. So I left Pittsburgh when I was 23. 
And so I always thought, I'm like, oh, no big deal. That was one of those things. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to a new city. I'll be fine. And mm -hmm. I wasn't fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was not. How, how'd you make the big decision to leave home? Like, is it just because of work or? It was because of work. So Pittsburgh is tr uh, traditionally a large medical city. And my degree is in business management. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to go into the job force making the amount of money that I was already making from like my current salary, I would have to be a health information focused and I would have had to go back to school. Right. And that wasn't in my budget because I paid for school already. And it's like, I already paid for one degree. I don't have enough money to go to another one. I'm first generation college student, So I wasn't really thinking of fact of the matter of fact of like, Oh, you could do scholarships or you could apply for grants. I did those things, but it really wasn't successful. And in the time frame where I needed to do something, um, the net, the best option was for me to leave Pittsburgh. Okay. And so considering money uh, and what your specialization is, like that was all sort of factored into uh, yeah. leaving home. And you said you came straight to DC or did you go anywhere? No, I didn't. I came straight to DC. So I actually, I monopolized my network, right? Mm -hmm. So I was applying for jobs for about a year outside of Pittsburgh and I really wasn't receiving any like hits. So I was like, I tapped into my network of people like, hey, this is what I want to do with my life. Can you help me? And DC was where I got the hit. My, yeah. um, a relative of the family, well, a person that, that knew somebody in my family was like, hey, I got this job for you. Um, just come down here in a month and just we'll see how it works. Yeah. So I've been here ever since. Well, I've got to, with that, I, two things I sort of, I'm picking up from that. One was you're sort of planning your move for about a year. So it's not just like you can just decide I'm going to leave and then go somewhere. You got to be like looking for jobs or looking yeah. for schools or everything. So it's a little bit of, it's not quite long-term, but it's also not like leaving tomorrow type of thing. No, no, I didn't just pick up one day and pack up all of my things. I was actively searching for stuff, um, places that would um, help me grow. Um, I knew that the environment of DC was very diverse and in, in like business and had a cross in politics. I, was, I always, I always had a, um, a knack for like doing policy. I wanted to be a lawyer. So I was like, let me see what DC has for me. Um, so it was out of DC, New York and Atlanta, not for, for different reasons, um, just for what my field is. And I ended up coming to DC. Yeah, that's awesome. And then the second thing I picked up from all that was uh, the power of your network. Yes. Uh, networking is, it comes up a lot in this professional world. Everyone's always talking about LinkedIn and like grow your network. And could you share a little bit about like what that's like to like reach out to your network and say, hey, I'm looking to do something different or like, oh, I'm looking, this is what I'm looking for. And like, yeah. Yeah, um, so everybody does say that and it kind of seems like, where do I start, right? When I was in Pittsburgh, I didn't have a large network. It was literally my family or who I worked with at the hospital, because I used to work at a hospital and it, um, I would just talk to people there. You, you just really have to start with who you have. If you don't have a large following on LinkedIn or if you don't have like a lot, if you don't talk to a lot of people, step outside of your comfort zone one person at a time. And that's what I did. Like I was talking to uh, my best friend and then she's like, oh, hey, I know somebody here. And it, I wasn't even talking to her about anything. Like I didn't expect anything from that conversation. 
she was just saying like the conversation was hey how are you what are you what are you up to and i was telling her and she's like oh got it so networking isn't so structured right it could be a conversation that has nothing to do with what you're trying to do be, to do it could be you could be venting like i was um you can intentionally reach out to people on linkedin it, it's so various you, you just have to like figure out what you have in your network yeah and who is in your network or who's in your people's network right yep thank you for sharing that i think what i'm getting from that is you don't have to be you don't have to be super connected just start with your family or your friends yeah. and professors or like people at your workplace uh and then from there just talking like it doesn't have to be this super formal no. like dearest whoever and then you email whoever it's not that structured and if it is that structure your results aren't going to be as great right mm -hmm. you're not gonna I, well I, I wouldn't say that definitively for me when mm -hmm. i do structure things like that my results aren't as organic as i would like them to be mm -hmm. they're very boxed in they're very they're in a silo and i don't really like that so i i generally just try to do the organic route and start with what i know and who i have okay absolutely um okay back on track to the questions yeah. uh, so i guess how do you navigate making big decisions um you talk a little so you moved away from home you came to dc uh, like how did you sort of like navigate that space um i kind of make sure like i have at least one constant in my dimension of life like whatever whatever hats that i wear like i am a family person i'm a professional i'm a business owner um, I try to make sure that I have some type of like foundation that I can hold on to, to, so I don't feel like I'm free falling in every dimension of my life. So when I moved here, I still had the support system of my family. It was just now virtually. Okay. I still had those conversations. So that had, that was um, a thing. So every time that I make a decision, I evaluate my whole ecosystem, like what can be constant how is it going to enter how is it going to interfere with the rest of my life and if it's too great of a risk i won't do it that's if it's my choice now if if the big decision is like made for me then i just have to adjust yeah you know because life comes at you hard yeah COVID. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you really can't plan for it no you can't so i just i just make sure that i have some sort of like foundation to hold mm -hmm. on to and it it and it has to be valuable to me, not what people think. Okay. I like that. And with all that, have you ever made a mistake? And like, how do you sort of handle uh, when you make a mistake? <laughs> all the time. So I do uh, a lot with policy and procurement. And I, so contracts, they come, I, sometimes at work, I'll have like three or four contracts and I'll miss, um, like I'll blur the lines because they're the same time. So something small in a contract can be huge. It, it, it um, impacts the entire thing, like your messaging, uh, what people you need on your team and all of that. Uh, so there are times where, where I'm like, oh, I'll make a mistake, but I have to own up to it before the whole project gets derailed. Yeah. And it's like, I just exercise my communication. Hey, this is what happened. This is why it happened. I take full responsibility, X, Y, Z. And I, I carry that honesty and candor with my, like with everything personally and professionally. If I mess up with something like with a friend, I'll own up to it. 
Yeah. So all of the mistakes, I really just evaluate what was my responsibility in it and what do I need to do to mitigate it? Because yeah. I can't, I don't have the brain capacity to keep up with the lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier for me to nip it in the bud. Like, hey. Yeah. No, just yeah. be straight with it and like be honest. Because we're all human and we all make mistakes. And if we don't give ourselves the capacity to make mistakes and be honest with each other, then like other people won't also do the same with us. So yeah. And it's like, so from a professional standpoint, and it's like, if I can't make mistakes internally and those be accepted and caught before they get to our client, how this is like our chance to have trial and error, how we, how we maneuver through challenges, because we're going to make mistakes with our clients. We're going to make mistakes, period. Like you said, we're human. So I just, I humanize the process. Yeah. I, I'm not a robot didn't come to this this earth to be one so yeah no i love that i love that and so you've been in dc for a couple of years now so sort of where are you in life uh and if you can sort of give any advice to folks that are coming straight from undergrad or just moving out on their own or starting new phases of life uh what would you say sort of like most important thing or just what would you what sort of advice would you give i would say operate with grace. Everybody tells you to have a plan, right? Your plan is your blueprint. Um, it's not something like, I would say try to stick to it as much as possible, but also factor in like room for life. And then when you do face those challenges, when you do face those obstacles, operate with grace because you are human. Um, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like succumb to all the fear in the situations like the spaces that are really, really big. They're outside of your comfort zone. Lean into them because that's where your growth is. Um, and that's super vague and everybody says it, but it's really the truth. Yeah. Because if you operate in fear, you're literally going to stay where you're at. If your goal is to grow, you have to make mistakes and you have to get used to maneuvering through them. You're not gonna mm -hmm. die. Like it feels like you are, and you're gonna be on like or in certain waters, but that goes back to why you need something to have a foundation to hold on to when you mm -hmm. have those hard times to push yeah. to keep going through, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. And how about you? Like, where are you in life right now? Like, oh, so I'm, I am trying to figure out um, if, what is my next move in my career, mm -hmm. right? Um, the way COVID has happened, it's sending my job remote. Mm -hmm. And traditionally I came down, well, originally I came down here because this is the area where my job is. And now that my job is pretty much going to be in the cloud, I could be wherever. So I'm trying to figure out what is my next move. Um, right now I'm using this whole year to evaluate what is next for me and yeah. like really what is next, to, next for me um, and not just what I think I should be doing or what society tells me I should be doing. Um, okay. I'm, I have my foot in the door of having a job and then my foot out the door with wanting to be an uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. But I'm having tough conversations with myself to see which one is like really for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur, that's a whole other ball game. It is. <laughs> it is. Like the responsibility of owning, operating your own business is mm -hmm. totally different from like consulting and telling people these are the operations that you need to do. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, now it's the, the script is flipped. I have to tell my, I have to do what I tell other people to right. do. <laughs> and then I still have to like go out and win work. 
So yeah. it's like, do I want to do that? Do I want to build that? Um, I So there are like a lot of things that I have to, answers that I have to yeah. find solutions for. Yeah. This with year. That, right. With that, my, um, my mom, she just started uh, her own business um, where she bakes bread um, and she gives it out to stores and like she sells it and stuff. And <laughs> she doesn't have like a big business background or anything. And so we had to help her Me and my sister, we had to help her. And just, there's so much about going into it. Like there's like the logistic stuff with like registering it like as an LLC and like all the paperwork, making sure that like you're set, you know? And then there's like, let's get the word out. And like, people should know about it. And like the product and like, the there's just, there's so much that goes into it. And it's like, if you're not careful, it's like also like nonstop work because like it is it's your it's own cool. mm -hmm. it but that's your life though like even um i would i would take that that example and even apply it to your life like your your life is cyclical your everything is going to continue to keep going you're going to have to switch things out yeah um, pick up new things it really is um, hard to be an entrepreneur. Um, but that's honestly why I can be a consultant because everybody wants to have their own business, but they're not business minded. So but having a business idea and being business minded are two different things. Yeah. But that's why I, <laughs> that's why I have a job. So I am trying to bridge that gap, especially for like minority business owners, because I want them to achieve parity. Parity. What does that mean? So it means that they are looked at as a subject matter expert in their in, in their niche. Okay. Right. So in DC, for example, the only uh, minority demographic that has achieved parity is anybody that identifies um, of Chinese descent, mm. and they only represent three percent of the population in DC. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the values that demographics have within their communities, I want to pull that out for mm -hmm. minorities and that be the reason why they're successful because it's something that they have. Right. And it's not that they have to like go out and get it. They already have it. You could be successful with what you already have. Okay. I like this. I like this. And not just, uh, I remember reading something somewhere that they said like every time we, I guess, is it, this is mean more like, making them more like legitimate and having people trust them initially for for the basis that they are not just oh it's a black owned thing and so that's why i'm supporting rather they uh for example like if it's like a bakery like it's like it's a black owned bakery no it's it's a bakery and like it's legitimate on its own and not just the black owned bakery like that's right. what i want so i want minorities okay. to be like the apple the apple of whatever their industry is okay right? i want them to be the leaders and people don't realize that they can achieve that with what they know. Mm. Trendy to like switch processes and be, do universal things, whatever, like the influencers are saying, but you can, you can do that if you like strategize your way. Yeah. That's awesome. And we're going to pivot a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So how do you maintain relationships and friendships as you get older? I know for me, it's been, yeah, I only graduated a couple months ago, but so I don't have like, <laughs> but it's, it, all I know is it takes some work uh, and it's not easy because I don't, I can't just go down the hall and see friends or, I don't know, in college, like everyone's just right next to each other and like, 
oh, we, we hang out, we have clubs and stuff, but now I'm physically really far away from a lot of my family and friends. And so I have to like make a bigger effort to do all that. So how's your experience been? I that. So for me, um, it depends on the person. Like being physically away from the person does show you uh, like the strength of your relationship. And I literally have to evaluate if the relationship is what I need it to be right mm -hmm. or if it's valuable to me and it's it sounds really harsh but i have to like cut dead weight really um if it's if it's not aligning with it, if where i want to go then i don't put that much effort into it but for example um with my friend group i have been friends with four of my girlfriends three of them since the ninth grade and once we met the first day of, of kindergarten we knew each other without front teeth so we have to stay in each other's lives, right? Yeah. Um, but our relationship goes through its patches. There are times where we don't speak uh, intentionally and unintentionally, um, but we have conversations about it. Okay. And sometimes it's stuff that we don't want to hear or don't want to say, but that's what eventually has made our our, our like friendship grow. Yeah. Like yeah. I. I literally went to therapy with my best friend. Oh, really? Yeah, we had a therapy session. She drugged me into therapy thinking that the therapist was gonna snatch my edges and talk bad to me. And it ended up being her. The, the therapist was like, look, the, these are the things that you have to work on. And I'm sitting here like, plot twist. Right. <laughs> so I would say scale your energy towards mm -hmm. the relationships that you really want. Mm -hmm. And okay. don't feel guilty if you do have to leave them for some time. Mm -hmm. Does that leaving look like, I mean, it doesn't have to be a formal, like, hey, you're not playing a big role in my life. And so I'm not gonna, no, it's just like, it doesn't mean, I guess you mean more like, you don't have to invest or like put energy in if it's taking your energy to, or like, does that make sense? If it's like, if it's so hard, say if you're trying to keep the relationship where you're at, where it's at, right? Like you talk to this person every day because they were like your roommate or your neighbor. Right. Those things, you don't necessarily have to talk to them every day because you're like, every day isn't the same anymore. So mm -hmm. don't feel guilty if you, you don't see them mm -hmm. once a week. Okay. Or a text mm -hmm. takes three weeks to answer, mm -hmm. right? Because in real life that's what it takes people aren't going to answer your text messages in 30 seconds like they used to when they didn't have jobs or um like two jobs or they're in a a, a different intensive program because right now where you're at people are either going to go get a job they're going to go back into their master's programs they might be doing like a broad type of things um they might be picking up their life that they had before college or going into incubators everybody's going a different route Right. So you have to adjust and mm -hmm. it, it's going to, you're going to experience some turbulence, okay. but you'll get through it. And also when you mentioned like going to therapy with your friend, I feel like that's such a, that's such a big step. I feel like you, you both have to be like committed to each other. Like, like we really want this friendship to work. Like, yeah. good, like we're going together. Yeah. I was, I was totally for it because for her, 
I don't view her as just my best friend. I see her as a sister that I chose, you know? So I really wanted to figure out, we, her and I having the conversation, we were just butting heads, mm -hmm. right? So we weren't able, we were so trying to figure out, we were so busy trying to get our point across that we weren't listening to the other person. Yeah. So everything became a debate and it's like, we shouldn't be arguing over socks. Like it's yeah. not that real. What right. is the deeper issue, right? There's something there. We gotta, we gotta. There's something there. Like, what is it? And then, yeah. so that therapy session, we didn't have to go back or we didn't have to like continue on, um, mm -hmm. but it did open up that we weren't listening to each other and what we were saying. So now we like, we don't really communicate through text that much. We'll call each other if it's something. We'll, we'll communicate small things through text. And then if it's huge or if it might get misconstrued through a text message, we'll call each other like, hey, this is what I meant. Yeah. And then we're also more um, vulnerable to say, hey, when you did this, it hurt my feelings. That's so you also have to be a little bit more vulnerable when you're not physically in the space with somebody. Like, yeah. for example, if you don't hear from one of your good friends for two weeks and it hurts your feelings, you literally have to tell them that. And it, 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 it's a new realm. Right. <laughs> And you have to be okay if they don't see it that way. But you've spoken your piece, you've gotten it off of your energy. Uh, you're not going to pent it up and hold it against them in the, in the next few conversations you have, right? Right. Yeah. So you have that's to be more vulnerable. Yeah, that's challenging. And like, I know for me, like, as you're, as you're saying all this, I'm here thinking of like, I have examples in my head and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, Cause you know, your feelings have been hurt when you haven't heard from somebody. I mean, right. me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. When I don't hear from my family, um, cause there are a lot of people in my family that are starting to have kids. So <laughs> I used to hear from people once a week and now they have kids. I don't hear from them for like only like once a month. And it's just like, wow. Okay. But yeah. I have to tell them like, Hey, this hurts my feelings, but I'm okay. Right. I'm not blaming you for having kids and no, no, that's, that's yeah, not yeah, I'm not blaming you for having your life, right? right. But right. it did hurt my feelings and I want to be honest about that because I don't want to hold anything against you mm -hmm. moving forward, okay. subconsciously, okay. you know? Mm -hmm. It's being more honest and being more vulnerable in our relationships, especially the ones that mean a lot to us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got two quick questions. Okay, let's uh, do it. Okay, so one is on here and is how important is social media really to creating opportunities for yourself? So like Twitter or Insta or like um, LinkedIn. I know we, we talked about LinkedIn briefly a little bit, but right now, like everyone my age, we're sort of like creating professional Twitter accounts. And, but we would normally just use Twitter just for like banter and all that yeah. stuff. Like, I guess like the bigger question is just like, how do we like create or this virtual image of who we are and how do we like put that out there? So you have to identify one, one thing, social media and creating your own professional accounts and your own professional narrative, that'll set you apart from your competition. Regardless of who, what friends you have at work or how kosher you think it is, everybody in your, in your department, in your um, office is all competing for the same pot of money that is allotted, right? So social media helps you set yourself apart. It also helps you create your own narrative, right? Your resume tells people what they want to hear about you because okay. you tailor it to their keywords. Right. Your LinkedIn profile, your Twitter, um, your Instagram, 
those are what you tell about yourself. That's the narrative that you put out into the universe yourself and you control that. So I think that that, that's what I like about social media and that's what I use for my professional, for I'm, I'm all for LinkedIn and yeah. you, you never know who's watching because there's plenty of times that I posted something on LinkedIn. People don't comment, they view it. But if I, when it was, when we were out and able to network, people are like, oh, hey, I saw your article, great article, this is my opinion. So it could be an icebreaker and you don't even know it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like operating it like a business. You could repost an industry um, blog, put your opinion piece on it, and that's it. But that shows your ability to articulate what your service line is, whatever your industry is. It, it allows you to create that narrative. And I'm huge on that because I want to be able to negotiate my salaries when I go mm -hmm. in to my employers or when I have um, like the annual reviews. Yeah. I want to have hard facts that I own that I can control the narrative mm -hmm. to support my argument to get more money. Okay. Or more opportunities. Okay. So I would figure out if anybody is trying to struggle on what they should do or they don't see value in it right now when you are at your like entry level positions or when you are trying to figure out where you want to go, you should start it now. Okay. Um, even if it is like, say if you had a dissertation or something similar to that with your mm -hmm. service line, break it apart and post those things in LinkedIn, maybe spread it out over a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because people and it's work that you've already done. Yeah. And opinion that you already formulated, you just have to like break it down. And if you have three tips in there that you can pull out, do that. Mm -hmm. And it shows people outside of your network. Yeah. What you're capable of. And you might be, you, you, you might not even realize it. You might be the person that people are like, oh, hey, this is the person I need to talk to about transportation mm -hmm. because they post this much stuff on LinkedIn or Twitter about this. Yeah. Social media could be your way to control your future. Yes. I like this. So like, you want to talk about like if this is like your field or whatever like just reposting or just sharing your own thoughts on it and before you know it like it really does become part of your brand uh, and, like trans I, I like transportation uh and i think public transit's important and like you know so then it looks like me if i read an article and i find it interesting like sharing that or like saying oh here are my thoughts on it and just like posting it on twitter or wherever and like yep. before you know it like whatever someone thinks of transportation, whether it's at a company yeah. or wherever, they'd be like, oh yeah, like, oh wait, he posts stuff like that. I don't know, like, they, All I the just, time, let me, you, that's, it goes back to like your network. It's like, mm -hmm. this is what you tell your net, this is who you tell your network you are. Mm -hmm. And this is what you want to eventually make money off of and you want to continue to build your career off of. At this point, you've already invested so much money or time in getting your degree why not go the extra step and tell the world what you know? It might take an extra, however long, a few hours a week, or if you do it, if you batch it, um, it might take like a, a one day out of a month, okay. but it will be vital to your career, especially now that everything is online. Mm. Okay, I appreciate that advice. That's really awesome. Yeah. And before we wrap up, any last bits of advice you wanna to give to anyone? Uh, it could be anything related. It could be like super professional or just like go out and have fun or like learn how to cook or like anything, like any sort of. I would say like 
the one thing that I want everybody to know is like, just be authentic, be yourself. Like mm -hmm. there are certain things that your industry mate, there are certain characteristics that your interest, that your industry or people want you to have always intertwine that with who you are. Mm -hmm. Like for example, when you and I had a conversation before in front of somebody, we were talking about a project manager and mm -hmm. you remember uh, we, you were asking me how he operates and I told you he's really direct and yeah. you have to like be okay with that or not, but right. you have to make your choice. Right. And then he walked in yep. and he was like, Hey, what you guys doing? And we're like talking about you uh, <laughs> turned red, right? But I'm a direct communicator. So that's an example of like, be who you are mm -hmm. and people will adjust. Yeah. So just don't forget yourself in this whole process of like trying to fit into adulthood, your profession, all yeah. of that. Okay. I think that's important. And I think it's important for everyone else to also, um, so for my listeners, like do the work to figure out who you are. Yeah. Uh, and like, if that means journaling or like yes going to therapy or like connecting with like close friends and families and like exploring and like doing something different to figure out who am i like who is my authentic self then you should do that work now and like because like we're young and we have the opportunity to make mistakes and so like go and do the work do you want to add anything to that yeah it's it boiled down to work harder on yourself than you do on your job because it, it will, it'll show, it might not be immediate payoff that it actually, it will absolutely not be immediate payoff. It's going to be hard, but it will be worth it. Mm -hmm. You'll sit down one day and you'll have that aha, aha moment. Like, Oh yeah, I was vulnerable for this long for this reason. It's mm -hmm. never going to make sense until you have that aha moment. And I can't tell you when that will be, but definitely work hard on yourself. Yes. I love it. Well, everyone, thank you much for tuning in. Christina, I'm so, so glad you were able to make the time for this. I really appreciate this. I appreciate you and all your advice. And I, I, I appreciate how our relationship has grown and I'm looking forward to seeing who you become and like how you change the world. I'm, I'm excited for this journey. Thank yes. you for bringing me along. Of course, of course. Uh